Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. So this week, we're doing something a little bit different. We have a special guest on who is the ex that I've had the longest and lived with for the most amount of time and had the second least sex with. My, <laughs> I'm sitting here on a couch, cuddled up with my cousin Gavin. Hello, everybody. On Gavin's side of the family, we are one of 24 cousins. 24. I finally did the math. Mm -hmm. And Gavin and I, I think of Gavin more as a brother than a cousin, frankly. Well, we are the closest in age, I believe, of all the cousins. There's three weeks, less than three weeks between us. I think that is the shortest gap between cousins in the family, although I could be wrong. But when we were growing up, we were the furthest apart in geography. For a while, yeah. 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 So I was up in central Queensland in a little town called Emerald. And uh, Peter was in Glenbrook in New South Wales. Kevin Smith uses a term to describe his friend Jason Muse, which is heterosexual life partner. Uh, which is how I've always thought of Gavin, because... It's a nice phrase. Like When you were saying he's the ex, I've, they are the ex I've had the longest, I'm always like, <laughs> not really an ex. We didn't actually date at all. <laughs> not, not for long, anyway. <laughs> and so, yeah, Gavin has been my, my compadre through uh, good times and bad. We met when we were two. I grew up in Sydney. Gavin grew up in central Queensland, and... We would see each other what, once a year, twice a year, absolute tough. lucky, yeah. And it was always like the highlight of my year. I just loved spending time with you when I was a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I went and visited Central Queensland at one point. Yeah. And then when you were 21, 20 maybe? Um, 1920. 1920, yeah. 19, 20, that was way back. It was, uh... In the 1920s, <laughs> no. When I was 19 slash 20. <laughs> when you were, was that 95%? Then what? 19 over 20 is 95%. Oh, Jesus. Then you moved down to Brisbane, where I also lived, and we lived together. Well, you've lived somewhere else for a while, but then in Brisbane, <laughs> we lived we together for the first time. We spent a lot of time together there. Um, yeah, but actually, even before that, like, when you first moved to Queensland, I would come and stay with you for... Oh, yeah! Like, a week or two at a time, and we'd do film projects. We had these stand-up comedy characters called the Chainsaw Blokes, and we were convinced that they were going to be our, <laughs> our path to fame and glory. Anyone who's listened to this podcast will be surprised <laughs> at my high ambitions as a young one. <laughs> And yeah. So Gavin would come down and stay for weeks at a time and we would record entire comedy DVDs. We've got oh, three we, of them. Like They're about five, an hour long each. Like all the extra stuff. I'd say, yeah, we've got like five hours of stuff that we wrote and recorded like between the ages of like 15 to 20. 15 to 18, actually. Uh, we, did, we did the first we did right. one at 15, one at 16, then one at 17 slash 18. Yeah, yeah. And 
most of it's unwatchable. Oh yeah, it's dreadful. <laughs> like there's honestly not like I'll link I'll link to the stuff that's online, uh, and the stuff that's online was what I at twenty one or twenty two decided was the <clears> best <throat> of the batch. And uh, looking back now, I'm like I wouldn't upload any of that. Like it's no, it it's but it's it's a look back where we came from. It's like you know our development track. Mm. Um, but yes, anyway. So then so when. I first started uni, moved to Brisbane. We lived together for a couple of months, and then I lived in uni accommodation. And then we moved in and lived together for, what was it, like another two years? About two years. Yeah. Uh, I left for Canberra. I left Canberra for Melbourne. And about when I'd been in Melbourne for like a year or two? Um, so it's the beginning of 2013, end of 2012, beginning of 2013, so been, I moved to Melbourne. Yeah, so I'd been in Melbourne for about two and a half years at that point, and was in fact living... With my fiance at the time. Yeah, you'd just gotten engaged a couple of months before I moved down. So you have obviously lived with SJ. I have. And and known her. Uh, what what were your... Th- like, this is a broad question, and she's <laughs> going to hear this. This is not, this is not a private conversation between us. No. What were your thoughts on SJ when you met her? Um, Be so honest, that I, is the name of the podcast. Hey, uh, God damn it, and I am an ex. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I... Had met SJ once or twice before moving in with her. And so, you know, that was always in a bit of a holiday atmosphere. It was like, let's show Gavin a good time. Everyone's like, you know, (laughs) bright and smiley and we're going places and just hanging out. And yeah, she was great. I loved it. It was really, really good. There were no prolonged hours and hours of crying? Uh, No prolonged hours and hours of crying. No, yeah, none of that. When I was moving down, so I I moved myself from Emerald to Melbourne. That involved me packing my Holden Camry full of all of my earthly possessions, borrowing my parents' trailer, packing that full of all of my possessions, driving 22 hours from the middle of central Queensland to Melbourne, unpacking all my stuff, staying for a little bit, driving all the way back up, packing just my car full of stuff, driving back down. On my way back down, I picked up Sarah Jane and her friend slash housemate slash partner who we will call Gerald (laughs) Gerald okay great uh Gerald from Sydney dropping Gerald off uh at a bus station or train station or somewhere and then driving the rest of the way with SJ back to Melbourne which I imagine and I'm I'm just purely guessing here that you're kind of excited about you're like I get to spend a bunch of time with SJ who I've only seen briefly yeah who's my cousin's life partner (laughs) fiance if you haven't yet this is a really good time to listen to i think it's episodes 30 through 32 which is polysplosions with my ex i was there for polysplosion (laughs) 2013 so on my way with sarah jane who i've you know spent a little bit of time with you know chatting happily talking about all the great things we're going to get up to on the way, Peter calls. No, that's right. Peter won't talk to Sarah Jane. Uh, Sarah Jane's asking me, hey, can you text Peter? He's not replying to me. What's going on? I'm getting worried. Talking to Peter, getting cryptic messages from Peter back <laughs> saying stuff like, uh, tell, tell SJ I'll talk to her later. I just can't right now. Uh, when you get here, I might not be at the house. 
stuff like that. Stopping at a place for fuel at one point and finding SJ just like lying on the road somewhere crying, having to then drive many hours straight with Sarah Jane, who's just bawling her eyes out, back to Melbourne, where indeed Peter is not at the house. I was staying with Kate, who we've talked about a few times, who was really good through that whole ordeal. And, yeah, just getting right into the middle of it. Like, I thought, I thought, (laughs) I thought the challenging part of moving in with Peter and SJ was going to be living with a couple when you are a single person who's never been in a relationship, uh, never been in a serious relationship, when they are also poly and, like, you know, having other partners and things like that. The social minefield that is living with yeah. poly folk. And oh, I was going to start, like, I was going to start a Tumblr blog where I was posting about, I can't remember what the name of that was. It was, it was going, a good name, I remember. It was a good name, but that name was taken, so I had to change it slightly to uh. something else. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, but no, it was dealing with this couple who were learning that they were in no way compatible, but then they patched it together with spit and gumption and (laughs) stuck it out for another 18 months or however long and having multiple times where Sarah Jane would just suddenly leave the room and asking Peter, what's going on? He's like, she's just, she's having another cry. It was... Was it, was it rough for the whole 18 months following that? No, not for the whole 18 months. Like, there were, there were big periods where you guys thought you'd cracked it. You thought you'd discovered <laughs> the thing that was going to enable you to continue as a couple because you're with your other significant person who you'd told that you loved and... The one who was embroiled in the big polysplosion. Yeah, and... Oh, that's right! The other thing, which was like when I'd first moved to Melbourne, Peter had lost his license. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, so I, I'll tell I'll tell the story briefly. I um I was driving along, listening to music on my phone, and holding the phone to listen to music. Turns out that's legally the same as using your phone while driving. I had no idea. The police stopped me, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to take points off your license." I didn't have enough points. I'd, I'd also been pulled over for not having my P plates up at one point, which is part of the graduated yeah. license system in Australia. I'm not telling you. You know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I just feel like if I don't say things occasionally, the audience is going to forget I'm here. And so I had I had two choices. I could either write them a letter and be like, hey, I will take half points for the next 12 months, or I could just lose my license for three months and come back with full points. Yeah. I had every intention of writing the letter and keeping the license for 12 months. Mm-hmm. Right when that letter was due was the polysplosion. Yeah. And so the polysplosion ended and I was like, oh crap, I got a letter in the mail saying like, yep, as I called him and I was like, hey, can I, can I take the other option? They're like, no, you had to write us a letter before this date. So yeah. I had no license for a period of three months, which were the, the very stressful patching yeah. it together, still dating the other person. Yeah. And so there would be times where I was <laughs> doing something and Peter would be like, hey, uh, can you drive me to her place because Sarah Jane's not ready or won't drive me or is somewhere else and so yeah i was in melbourne getting to know things and then also being a chauffeur for the the great poly explosion (laughs) anyway i I feel like it's important to know that even if we stopped loving each other we never stopped loving you (laughs) it did feel a little (laughs) bit like that it did feel a little bit like i was the child there while mum and dad were getting a divorce it's it's not Um, 
It's not. It's not your. We're not angry at you. <laughs> we're just angry at each other. Ah, uh, um, but yeah. So that there would be times where you thought you'd um, you'd you'd cracked it, and so there was. I, don't, I think the, the you two went off to, out. To, to you'd went off to counselling or something, and so you had had things where you had to acknowledge the other person's emotion and say. Like, you know, I feel... It's like, I don't know. There was a lot of a lot of strategies. You, you might be getting confused with an episode of The Office where they do that. <laughs> uh... There's an episode where they're like, uh, it's so good. Pam and Jim are in counselling and spoilers for The Office, I guess. Uh, and they're like, my truth is I would want this. It's a very funny bit. I think that might be wrapped up in it a little <laughs> bit, but it was like that. That was an interesting time. Okay, I'm going to go on two brief tangents. My... Peter, you? Tangent? <laughs> what? My business partner, Nicole, and I were chatting the other night, and she was like, Peter, I have to tell you, I know how excited you are about this particular upcoming project. I'm less confident. It's not a huge deal. I just wanted to let you know, and that's super useful, because I can then factor that into my decision-making. Yeah. I didn't do that for a campaign earlier this year when people were like, I'm not confident about this. And I was like, well, I am, and then it really flopped, and we lost <laughs> like $10,000. So her saying that, super, super helpful. But I was thinking about that and and what you were just saying, and I think perhaps my defining trait may be optimism. Because <laughs> like yeah. we, we we were sure we'd solved it, and yeah, I'm I'm convinced I'm gonna be you know the chainsaw blokes are gonna be Australia's <laughs> new comedy duo, and we were planning what we would do for interviews on Rove Live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. Like yeah. it, it, my unfaltering optimism has gotten me to where I am today. Uh, which is not particularly far, but if, if you come back in, in 10 years' time... <laughs> well, there's that optimism. I know. It's yep. beautiful. And so, yeah, me and SJ constantly being sure we could patch it up again, I feel was probably driven by me, mostly. Could have been. The second tangent is that... I don't remember how this related, but when we lived together in Brisbane, uh, most people <laughs> most people don't know this, this is not my first podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah, one one of the various projects that you and I have, have set out on upon the years was we ran a podcast for probably like four or five months. It went for a while. So in two thousand and eight, third tangent, bonus tangent. <laughs> my entire life, you have been there for me. <laughs> my entire adult life, as a kid, you're in. You're in fucking I was Queensland. I was in a different state. But ever since we've lived in the same vicinity of each other, you have been the best like support Aww. for the dumbest things <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> I, yeah like I'm I'm very grateful and I, I've <laughs> I've always felt a little bit like I'm not able to properly show that gratitude like I, I don't know how to but I've always been just so grateful because you've been there for I mean the fucking chainsaw blokes was was joke podcast like uh, drinks on the house drinks on the house another uh, terrible failed project <laughs> but then Mom. in 2008. I wrote and starred in a series of full-length TV episodes. Oh. One was about 20 to 40 minutes. One was 40 to 60 minutes. Oh. These were all meant to be 22 sitcoms. And the other one was about a 20-minute... 22 sitcoms? 22-minute sitcoms, sorry. Yeah. Um, and the other one was a, a kids' show. And in all of these, you had a co-starring role. But oh. more than that, you were like the entire film crew. <laughs> So I, I would be running around organizing stuff oh, and there were times when you would literally be on the camera while holding a light and a boom microphone <laughs> or you were the person who drove everyone to and from set. Oh, the Jesus. big one for me is the map shop. Oh, the map shop. Which what was 
70 minutes. Like what a it, shambles. The final edit was a feature-length film. I was trying to make a 22-minute sitcom. I was not very good at it. Uh, and you were not only one of the actors in it, not only you were there on set. We hired out the nap shop overnight, so we got it from like 8 p.m. till 6 a.m. every day. We were all on a night schedule. My dad, my brother, my sister were all involved. So they all came down from Toowoomba to support this ridiculous endeavor. Um, <laughs> Your dad cooked. I remember that. Yeah, dad cooked. And you helped us out all night, every night, while working at that map shop during the day and studying full time. Uh, it was it was a, it was an interesting time. I, I don't know. I don't know how you did it. I especially don't know why you did it. I just, I, I get excited by your enthusiasm for things, I think is, is all I can say. It's like, I, I don't do a lot of things myself. Like, you know, I don't go, yeah, this is a project that I'm going to do. You don't start things. Yeah. I like being involved. Uh, basically, if anything takes off, I want to be a part of that. So I go, (laughs) me, I did that. Where's my money? Right. (laughs) That makes a lot of like I've genuinely never understood. Nah, and when, when I when I was at, when we were doing this, it was I I absolutely took you for granted. Oh, jeez. I was just like, of course, Gavin will do it. Like it's Gavin, you know. That, uh, that's what he does. That's his. <laughs> I almost got into a couple of car accidents during the filming of Robbie and Peter. That because I don't know if I've ever told you this. That's why my dad came down for that whole week because he heard oh, about really? that and he was like, let's let's not have Gavin do all the driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah. And so, I mean, A, I appreciate the fuck out of it. And Aww. if there's everything I can do to express that appreciation other than just saying it a bunch, you let me know. Because oh. I've tried to think of things. <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, no, I just, it's, yeah, something I like being involved in. Before you and Sarah Jane got together, but while you were living in Melbourne, you oh, were yeah. at film school. Yeah, I started at a place called Open Channel at the Docklands. And as part of the course, it was a little TV production course. And at the end of it, you had to make, like, a little pilot. And I am super into puppets. I don't know if that's ever come up on the podcast. I'm a, I'm a puppeteer. I'm mad into puppets. I'm puppet Tangent. <laughs> Tangent time. While we were living together in the big greenhouse in Brisbane, Peter found a couple of puppets at a little shop, really liked them, thought, hang on, what's coming up? It's Gavin's birthday. I'm going to buy these puppets and... Pretend they're a birthday present no, for they, Gavin. They were intended to be a birthday present for you. That was a there genuine were three intent. three puppets, uh, a platypus, <laughs> an elephant, and a Tasmanian devil. Peter ended up adopting two of those characters, That's and true, yeah. I, got a... the, I got the platypus. Yeah, squidget. Um, and then, for some reason, he, you started a company so that you could get an ABN so that you could become a wholesaler for this puppet company, so that you could order a giant fuck-off crate. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? A giant fuck-off crate of puppets, which then we had in our house. There were a lot of different animals, and they were quite cool, I will admit. But I think you had the intention of trying to sell them at one point, like resale the spares. I'm going to be honest. I don't necessarily think I thought it through. (laughs) Uh... I'll, I have more ambition than I have talent, oh. hours in the day, or capacity to <laughs> organize things. But at one point, my goal was to make a puppet show using these puppets and then be able to sell them from the website. So you'd be like, watch right, the show and be like, right. oh, I can own that puppet. And so to work out what the best one was, I ordered one of every puppet. <laughs> um, 
I had the AVN for unrelated reasons. That's not why I got the AVN. Oh, okay. I just happened to have sure. the AVN. The the thing that I thought you were going to mention is that we had, it was a three-bedroom house. Oh, we had a puppet room. <laughs> it had a bed in it. And we actually had people like stay yeah, over at times like, and they stayed in that bed. It was like a guest room. <laughs> but it was the puppet room. There were shelves that your dad had made around the side with spokes on them so that you could have your puppets sitting up on these shelves. <laughs> it, was, it was a thing of beauty. I, <laughs> since I left... Melbourne and moved overseas I got rid of the vast majority of my stuff and I've become a minimalist now yeah and so like you you have a very nice apartment and I like your apartment don't take this as a slight I look at this and I'm like no human needs this many things hey I know that's the thing it's it's, (laughs) it's not unreasonable it's a normal amount of stuff in our apartment, uh, Roxy and I live together, obviously, in an apartment in what? Toronto. <laughs> How dare you live with your husband? In our, like, in our room with the most stuff, we probably have... I'm just looking around. Like, and this is a... No- like, picture a normal apartment. Take, take a photo with your phone. We'll put it in the show notes. Oh, it's messy. It's a little bit messy, but you've got a, you've got a cousin staying with it's you, so that, messy. That, that's okay. So, picture just a normal, ordinary room, or check the show notes where I just got Gavin to take a panorama. It looks a lot bigger in this view. It's a pretty big room, honestly. I mean, it's a pretty big room, but this must be how they take pictures for real estate websites. Because, man, yeah. it looks massive. Oh, you can see Peter's feet. <laughs> oh, you can see my cross stitch as well. So it's a pretty normal room, but uh, if, if you want to check it out, it's in the show notes. Just it, not, Imagine a normal 20-something-year-old lounge room with like DVDs and desks and stuff like that. Our room that's the equivalent of this in our house has less than a fifth of the stuff in it. Yeah. We have a single couch, a single set of shelves. Four of the shelves are empty. <laughs> And a coffee table, and a, a, a little cabinet that is got nothing on top, and, very, and inside is only copies of Scuttle. That's it. Like that's our that's our busiest room by far. We just have have nothing. And so, yeah, I look back at those puppet room days, and I just I'm like, ah, oh, oh. I if you ever doubt that people can change, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never live <clears throat> with that much stuff. It's it's bewildering to me now. So when you moved down to Melbourne, I was very excited. A to have you know my heterosexual life partner (laughs) my cousin there with me and at that point i'd filmed an entire tv pilot without you which is not to say like hooray without you but like i had proven to myself that you (laughs) you could come and you could come and hang out without being the the cartoon man who has everyone's possessions on their back as we're walking up the mountain like (laughs) you could be involved without doing everything yeah and i was like i am not going to need to Weigh Gavin down <laughs> with huge amounts of, uh, and then immediately you're in the middle of this uh, awful breakup. Uh, it was. Oh, sorry, we didn't finish tangent. Um, oh, right. I'm into puppets, so I filmed a puppet show, and Gavin flew down just again to check it out, and he came down, and I had a breakdown, and he was like, "I am going to change my flight home and help you film this show." Yeah, we were. Was that? Were we doing yet another one of our project's cousins apart at that time? <laughs> we were, yep. Uh, so for an entire... Tangent number <laughs> X, for an entire year, Peter and I did a project based heavily on the Vlogbrothers... Vlogbrothers 2.0? Brotherhood 2.0. Brotherhood 2.0, yeah. yeah. Uh, where for an entire year, we didn't communicate through any artificially instant means. I think we took it down to so we could send each other letters and things like that but the main form of communication was every weekday we would alternate one of us making a video and putting it up online and so we'd planned through a third party (laughs) me coming to melbourne and hanging out for a while and yeah so i helped with this um puppet project and drove a truck around melbourne which was a truly terrifying first time driving on melbourne and your first time driving a truck oh yeah no you're incredible like you're (laughs) 
ridiculous and unbelievable. <clears throat> so I was very excited for you to come down and not have this emotional wait, and then and we had a breakup. Now we haven't talked about the breakup on the podcast. We haven't gone into specifics. Okay. We're going to continue that trend today. Sure. But without going into the fascinating listeners at home, oh, God. actually you, you, fascinating listeners at home, you are in for a treat <laughs> when this comes up. And I will gladly submit my side of that breakup experience. We'll, so you we'll have... get you to do an episode with SJ after we've done the breakup episode. Sure. But without going into specifics, what was the breakup experience like for you? Um, it was interesting. So when I moved to Melbourne, like I knew almost no one down here apart from you and Sarah Jane. So like a friend of ours who lived in Brisbane had also moved down here. So I had very, very little uh, outside social kind of stuff. So basically your social circle became my social circle. And so while you were going through the breakup, like, you know, the two people that I was closest with in Melbourne suddenly weren't talking or were talking only very briefly. And so to hang out with you, I had to be elsewhere and, you know, hangout times and other things were all basically scheduled around when Sarah Jane wasn't going to be there. Because at this point, even though I moved out of the house that SJ and I lived in, you did not. <laughs> no, I, I continued to live with Sarah Jane for another uh, four, five months or however long it was. And yeah, so I would I would occasionally have SJ asking me about you or what you were up to and things like that. And I don't think or I don't remember there ever being any kind of... Like, you know, your cousin's a bad person and, you know... There's no rancor. There was no no her trying to turn me against you or, like, no animosity towards me because of who I was in your life. Yeah. But when when was... you break up with someone, you tend to divide the friends. I don't think anyone was like, but who will, who gets Gavin? <laughs> Which I of don't... the two people <laughs> yeah, yeah. gets Gavin in the breakup? That wasn't, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was... That was a fun time. I think I was, I might've even been unemployed during some of that. So I wasn't feeling too great about myself. I wasn't in a relationship for most of that. So yeah, it was, I yeah don't have a lot of memories from that time. Cause I didn't do a lot during that time. I played a lot of Minecraft. We, I we played also, a lot of Soul Forge. <laughs> <laughs> we also participated in what is, our, not not final ever, but was our most recent terrible collaboration, a two man comedy show. Oh Jesus! We we started that started working that before the breakup, and then the breakup happened, and I think <sighs> I think I suffered a lot. I think SJ suffered a lot. I think you suffered a lot. I think the art. show suffered most of all. <laughs> I think art was the uh, was the ultimate casualty of that. That, that war. comedy show was not very good. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> because... for a second I thought you were going to be like ah. No, it, no it, it really wasn't. Because we couldn't really rehearse or work on it very easily because you understandably didn't want to come around to the house that I was living in with Sarah Jane. I didn't, couldn't really go to where you were living because you just moved in with some people and didn't really have a relationship built up with them, which would allow for, you know, loud, boisterous comedy rehearsals in their space. So we rehearsed a lot of that show in the park opposite the building that I worked in. Yep. So yeah, that that I also that, dislocated my shoulder. 
Did you? Oh, you had a cast on for the show. I it wasn't a cast. I had a, um, a sling, a, a sling, which actually lent towards the comedy of one scene, and so we decided to keep it in even after my <laughs> shoulder had healed. Did we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot, like... Because there was a miming a miming bit that became funnier when I only had, like, one arm. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a, a, a normal thing or a time thing or an aging thing or an emotional thing, but during a time of high-intensity stress, I, I sort of black out for a few months. <laughs> so after, after we filmed the first two of those shows in Brisbane... And you got addicted to editing... Yeah, I, I'd never edited before, and so I had to I had to edit this entire seventy minute thing and the other forty minute thing in a period of a month. I hired out an editing suite. I had it all night, every night. So I had it from midnight until I had it technically from midnight until eight a.m. But generally, if I came in at like nine thirty, there was no one there. Mm. And so from about like ten p.m. until eight a.m. every night for upwards of three weeks, I did nothing but edit. I would go in there and edit for. 10, sometimes up to 12 hours, go home, sleep, go back in, edit. I ate a lot of tomato soup in that time. (laughs) I invented, have I talked about this? Mm -hmm. My contribution to the culinary world is a can of Campbell's tomato soup with plain potato chips poured in and then eaten like cereal. Oh, gross. That's what I subsided on. Maybe malnutrition contributed to the uh, the breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then on Australia Day, I remember Australia Day 2009. No, sorry, 2008. We had the premiere on Australia Day 2008, and from Australia Day 2008 until about November 2008, I have no memories. Yeah. The podcast we were talking about, the in-joke podcast that Gavin and I recorded, yep. I have listened to that and been like, I don't know who this guy is, but I agree with some of his opinions. We watched the entire series of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, like... We watched so many Wes Craven horror films. I have no memory. I I remember Dawson's Creek. I don't remember any Wes Craven. The thing for me is that we had a housemate who we called Cannibal Kate, who I genuinely don't remember her moving in at all. Like, (laughs) I'm not even like, oh, yeah, I I remember her living there. That was the first time I I drove a truck was moving Cannibal Kate in. (laughs) And so, like, I remember her living there, but... If you ask me what month she moved in or what, how she moved in or how we negotiated or how any of, like, how we talked about her moving in, I don't know. Yeah. I have absolutely no memory of that time. It's, it's like a nine-month blackout. I got a, I got a fucking certificate of... Um, business? Of business. Yeah, yeah I, I did business training. I now run a business. I would love to know what I learned in that course. <laughs> that would be super useful because I have no memory of it. Yeah. The last one that we filmed is probably where my memories start again. Nap time, the, the puppet show we filmed in Brisbane, different mm. to the puppet show we filmed in Melbourne. Yep. That that's when my memories come back, but the first like six drafts of that, no idea where they came from. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad time, and so you're saying you had another blackout period. Yeah, so the period between, I mean, I I remember specific moments, and it's not nearly as bad, but there is definitely swathes of time around the breakup with SJ and I to afterwards that are really a blur. So when she and I actually do record and talk about it, a lot of it is going to be being like, well, I don't remember that happening at all. <laughs> That's not to say it didn't happen. Well, convenient for you. Don't you have like all of the text messages you've ever received? Yeah, and... I used to obsessively archive stuff. You used to. This is going back to when you were in high school and had probably first gotten a mobile phone. Back in the days when mobile phones could save like, you know, 100 text texts, messages yeah. or whatever. You would write out all of the text messages on little bits of paper and just have them sitting around your computer. 
I don't like losing <laughs> memories. And I mean, that is ironic to say straight after talking about losing nine yep. months of my life. But like, I have a, a podcast we record. <clears throat> the entirety of Indrope podcast is in those nine months. Yeah. I have live journal entries at that time. I probably have a bunch of other documentation that I don't yep. remember. So I could go back and look at that and, and remember stuff. And maybe that's why I like obsessively writing stuff down. And I, I just feel like this puts a slightly different spin on the naked photos argument. <laughs> I am not going to get into that with you because so, I feel like that is an argument you've had enough with other people. I broke up with SJ. Uh, we started living together again yeah. after after the dreadful live show. <laughs> I was a pretty crappy housemate then as well, I'm going to be honest. like yeah. I disappeared for three months at one point and got people in who you didn't uh, necessarily oh want to share a house God. with. Yeah, the, I've, the I've Canadian. had... I've, yeah, I was going to say, I've had a few Canadians in my life. Uh <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. Uh, I'm going to give him the name Sven. Sven, the Canadian... It's more of a Norwegian name, I'll admit. <laughs> but Sven, the, the, the Canadian, was one of the worst people I've ever lived with. So you yeah. have put up with the most ridiculous shit from me. <laughs> like, endless... And, and again, for uh, a lot of it, I this, this is why I feel like I need to apologize. Because for a lot of it, I just took it for granted. Like, obviously, like, I'm doing great works here. <laughs> Of course Gavin is going to support me in my great works. Uh, like, I didn't have a lot of empathy. Honestly, you financially supported me a lot of the time as well. Like, you know, you'd just buy shit for the house when we needed it. You were paying my rent for a period of time when I first moved to Melbourne and didn't have a job. I did That's end right. up paying you back, but I just want to point out there, I did end up paying you back. <laughs> if it helps, I didn't remember paying for your rent or you paying me back, so... Damn it! <laughs> oh, hey, Peter, I gave you, like, 2,000 no, bucks. No, it's, that, it's, uh... it's not a memory loss. I just, like, I don't care about money. Uh, it, it, that's why I have a business partner. Have I told you this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. She cares about money. And now she's really good at making me care about money in specific ways. So now I make decisions that are based on money, which is apparently... How you're meant to run a business. How you're meant to run yeah. a business. Mm, mm, um, and so of all the shit that you've put up with, the one time I think you've ever really lost it was when I was doing a project called 28 Days, $28. Oh, Jesus. And for the month of February 2009, I only ate $28 worth of food for the whole month. I had $28 budget for the entire month. That's all I ate. So it was a lot of rice and a lot of meat having no energy. And at one point, you came into the kitchen, and I'd left rice in a bowl on the table, and there was a maggot in it. And this was straight after another project that had also involved mag- maggots, <laughs> which I won't go into, which you also didn't like. But you came in, and I'd left a bowl on the table, and there was a maggot in it, and you lost your shit. <laughs> you were like, no, like, you're not allowed to do this stuff anymore, not okay. There's a bowl crawling with maggots, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that was, like, the only maggot... That no, 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 no. What? Slight difference here. Maybe difference in memory. <laughs> that bowl was more maggot than rice. No, no. That's the thing. That's the thing that I really distinctly remember is that you you were so furious about it. So we went back and looked at it and there was a maggot and the rest was rice because rice looks like maggots. I'd also picked up at one point a tea towel that was on the table, which had a whole bunch of maggots living under it. There were, there were more. Okay. There was that that I'm not disputing, but in the bowl of rice, maggot. there was a maggot and mm. then there were maybe some in the tea towel. I don't remember that. Oh. Yeah, no, that, that was the only time that you've ever lost shit. So SG and I broke up. Uh, we moved back in together. Delightful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a terrible housemate again. Delightful. <laughs> that was when I went on keto, and so the whole house smelled like grease the whole time oh, we lived there, and you hated everything it. Everything was covered with a film of grease because yep. I love you. You're great at many things. <laughs> Washing up effectively is not one of them. 
So, yeah, like glasses, plates, cutlery, everything was covered in a fine film of grease. I've gotten much better at that as well. Oh, it was when, horrible. When I first moved to Toronto, I had, I had two housemates, uh, yeah. and they were vegetarian. Oh, and so I had to ensure that there was no meat and nothing smelled like meat. And we had some big chats because I didn't get it right for a while. Yeah. And then I got it right. And now I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Okay. I'm happy to say. <laughs> and then I left, obviously. Yep. Went overseas. Had Sven the Canadian. Yes. Oh, Jesus. I've had such rough luck with housemates when I've been involved. Okay. okay. So this house had plumbing issues. Occasionally you'd turn on a tap. It would judder through the entire house. I'd told him about this. He's like, oh, yeah, I know what causes that. I can fix that for you if you like. He's an architecture student. Don't know how much he knows about plumbing. I emphatically said, no, we're getting people in to fix that. He would turn on the taps and they would judder at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. Brilliant. Um, My girlfriend would be staying over. We'd have to go, Sven, stop it now. Now is not the time to be washing up. He would rearrange the entire lounge room during the middle of the night. He... Uh, it would be vacuuming at 3am and he was weird he was weird he would reach out and contact like you and me on facebook and say i wish we could have been better friends and... he he had this weird obsession with me too yeah because i as as we talked about i think like episode two i had an adult circumcision he also had an adult circumcision <laughs> the fact that like i met this guy once ever but he messaged me at one point before I'd met him. Like, yeah, when when I knew of him as as potential person, housemate. Yeah, no, no. After after you kicked him out because you, oh, okay. he, he was awful, and you were like, "Stop living here." And I was like, "I will cover that rent." <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that he was awful. So he he moved out. He contacted me at one point and was like, "Hey, look, I feel this real kinship with you. Like, we have this connection." And I was like, "Okay." sure like this guy was very very strange and then like these messages sporadically came in at one point he was like look i should tell i i feel obligated to tell you i looked up your various writings online so i know you had an adult circumcision i just wanted to let you know i had one too it's cool <laughs> I, thanks sven uh, like was he was he gay i don't even know i i don't know um but he would like to try and have long in-depth like religious conversations yeah, with me in the kitchen and I'm like man. look dude I'm I used to be religious I'm not religious anymore I don't care about your hometown Canada church politics yeah just a genuinely <laughs> he when I'd when I'd asked him to leave he very uh almost ceremoniously gave me a zip up hoodie of his, which was a horrible design and one that I would never ever wear. So <laughs> I want you to have this so that you can remember the time that we had together. I threw it out. But you, you, but you do remember the time oh, you had together. I will possibly that's never forget the, the, the week that I lived with Sven. Yeah. So uh, we should start wrapping up, but I wanted to ask you uh, a few questions. One of which is, and again, she will hear this, but uh, be honest. Okay. What do you think of SJ? How much, how much silence can I get away? No. Um, <laughs> I really do like SJ. She has a lot of empathy for everyone. She is... She's more tears than human, which is a bit strange. <laughs> She's more tears now than man. <laughs> twisted and sad. No, um, She's she, not even sad. No, she just cries a twisted lot. Twisted and emotional? Yeah. No, not even yeah. twisted. Just emotional complex and, em- and emotional. No, emotional and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> She's double emotional. No, like, uh, she 
yeah, very a very complex person, definitely. But like, she's got so much creative drive and talent. Yeah, she's um, ridiculous. I completely dropped out of contact with Sarah Jane after moving out. Like, we ran into each other a couple of times at like comedy festival or whatever in the city, things like that. Like, she reached out and contacted me a couple of times because like things had been left at the house or whatever. But yeah, no, completely dropped out of contact until you guys started talking together shortly before you moved out of Melbourne and would have. 3am chats in our living room downstairs while I was trying to sleep and go to work but you know whatever no not bitter oh yeah so right right before I left Melbourne SJ and I reconnected and so she would come around and we would just hang out for hours and hours and catch up on the previous year and just talk through stuff and this and th- those conversations were in part why I was like we should make a podcast because I yep. think these conversations are interesting Gavin working normal human hours would be upstairs and and the conversations would sometimes get a little bit loud and emotional uh, emotional being something completely unusual for any conversation <laughs> with Sarah Jane. I love you. But yeah, so it, instead of just being the grumpy old man that I normally am, I would just weigh in on my side of the conversation <laughs> via text. <laughs> <laughs> and like I remember hearing Peter go, oh shit, Gavin's texting, we need to... Oh, he's just saying this about <laughs> I, this I, I reply loudly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so listening to the podcast and hearing you and SJ talk, like, you know, it does make me go... Like, it, it makes me remember the, you know, really just interesting conversations that we would have, like, around the, the dinner table with, like, our other housemate, um, uh, Erica, who, um, <laughs> who, like, you know, was raised very culturally Jewish and would just talk about how they walked for 40 years in the desert, and you'd go, you know, there's no absolutely zero archaeological evidence of that, and it's impossible to get lost for 40 years in a desert that size because you can walk across it in a month, and things like that, and, like, just, you know... Yeah, you'd just have all these really interesting conversations and like you'd be, rather than risking stating something that you heard somewhere as a fact, we'd come up with like, you know, a hand gesture to mean, don't take this seriously, this is not something that I'm 100% convinced about. Um, Man, I would never have remembered that. Yeah, like it was just have really awesome conversations and then like, yeah, so listening to the podcast and things like that reminded me of how many good times there were living with you guys in between the epic relationship explosions so you you feel like the the podcast is pretty representative of our good times (laughs) um yeah have you listened to all of it have you listened to the podcast except for the most recent episode that you put up last night (laughs) it's okay it's it's a repeat anyway (laughs) yeah no i i have now listened to all of it because i i also fell victim to the weird thing where the podcasts stopped automatically downloading i don't think they automatically download still have to go into it and refresh it every now and then and downloads the most recent episode or two i do it in stretches so when i left and went to canada we didn't really stay in close contact um but you were listening to the podcast during that time not continuously no so what i would do is like you know i listened to the first couple of episodes and then i think because we weren't having regular conversations or something I possibly even got a little bit resentful of the fact that you were having all of these conversations with Sarah Jane. He's not even my heterosexual life partner. <laughs> like, you know, I liked it when I got mentioned sometimes. And like, I think at one point you <laughs> sent me a message saying, hey, like this episode is pretty much all about you. And so like, you know, I got back into it and I listened back up to where I was up to and then listened beyond it. And then I'd stop and then I'd catch right. up again. So like I, I, I've yo-yoed on it several times. Because we've had Roxy on, yeah. my husband. Mm. We've had a podcast fan on, but you're the first person who has known me through the relationship and yeah. listens to the podcast. Yeah. 
And so I just feel like that that's an unusual it is. position. I, I, I think that something that possibly doesn't come across true to life is it's you. <laughs> no, there's You're taller in real life. <laughs> no, there's you put on this weird filter on your voice that makes you sound so much more like masculine. No. Um, <laughs> I thought you were being serious. No, 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 no. Um <laughs> I was like, do do I? Is that a thing that this I do? This is my real voice. <laughs> um, no, no, it's it's hard to explain. But um, like in the podcast, you do sometimes come across as much less, like much more unemotional, or like you know, I'm one hundred percent rational human being. Spock. I don't know, but especially during the whole naked photos thing and other things like that. Like there were just times when I was like, this this is not. Pizza? Yeah, and I listened back to that one and was like, I don't, like, I think when I'm arguing with someone, and you and I, throughout the years, like, throughout the whole time we've known each other, have had maybe, like, six arguments. Yeah, there's not very... Not to say we agree on everything, but we don't really argue. There's very little that we don't share the same kind of um, standpoint on, or can't see where the other person is coming from on that issue. Yeah. We, we, might not ag- we might not be looking in the same direction, but we're standing in the same spot. That's, yeah, that's a quote I yeah. heard somewhere. I really liked it. Um, I, I think like a way that people described us and just our weird relationship. like you Sexy. Know. <laughs> no, it's like, there's Peter and then there's nice Peter. <laughs> <laughs> so I was nice Peter throughout most of my time in Brisbane. Roxy got to meet my brother and sister. Yeah. And he called them Peter... Tall Peter and girl Peter. Because <laughs> my brother is taller than I am. And the three of us are my, very similar. My brother's also taller than me. It's very upsetting. I don't always agree with you on the podcast, but a lot of the time I'm like, I can see where you're coming from and why you would have reached that conclusion. Uh, and because, like, you know, I'd be months behind in the podcast, I wouldn't want to comment on Facebook going, this is why you are wrong. Because I'm like, oh, you know, they've moved on from there now. Yeah. Uh, it's like I don't comment on YouTube videos that are old because they've moved on from there by now. Yeah. And they've um, probably seen the comment a bunch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you know, if they haven't been corrected already, what's the point? Yeah, when I'm arguing, I know I tend to get a little bit, like, laser-focused... Unpleasant, frankly. Yeah. I don't think I'm fun to argue with. And I can imagine why you wouldn't have seen that, because we just haven't really argued in the whole yeah. time we've known each other. Yeah. Whereas SJ and I, we're not looking in the same direction, and we're standing in very different spots. It's a, <laughs> it's a very different relationship. Yeah. I find myself, a lot of the time, defending you to people. Um, <laughs> SJ's done that as well. To my girlfriend, my girlfriend and my family especially, like, you know, they'll say, oh, Peter's doing another Peter thing, like when you're starting another project or something like that, or, oh, Peter said this kind of a thing or whatever. And my instant gut reaction is to go, hang on, why has Peter said that thing? And how can I explain this to them that makes them like him? Wow. <laughs> so, like, my girlfriend likes you. She does. She, I was going to say, I yeah, thought, yeah, I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she thinks you're funny and things like that. But she... She doesn't get where I'm coming from. Gets annoyed at me putting up with things from you. Like what? Like, uh, like she, recently. Like um, we were hanging out in the living room like you were somewhere else, like just recently. And she's like, oh, he's got his shit everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he's got a lot of shit. <laughs> it's just around the place. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't mind. And a lot of people think, you know, I don't mind because it's you. And it could be because right. it's you that I don't mind. But I genuinely don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind. Oh, man. I, I, I feel, like you. 
don't know where else I'd put my shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a place to put it. You're That's in, it. I'm like, I'm, I'm staying in your suitcases. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, it's kind of a down a place to end that on. That's okay. I'm sorry. I had, uh, <laughs> in the last episode, this is the first time that I've recorded an episode since the last episode went up. Yeah. Uh, no, normally we record way advanced, but I'm behind at the moment because I've been traveling and running a Kickstarter. And in Your the last... Kickstarter did very well, by the way. It did very well. I talk about that. 123? 122. 122. Not 123. Someday. And so in the last episode that went up, the one about homeopathy uh we i mentioned religion i got some annoyed comments which fair enough it was not a it was not a fair representation of religion uh it's not a thing i'm really going to go into detail but i also said some stuff about homeopathy which you wanted to set the record straight (laughs) because gavin is gavin is heavily into homeopathy (laughs) gavin's a homeopath oh jesus no Uh, (laughs) so one of the things that we absolutely share an opinion on is just how ridiculous and I, I get into trouble for, like, taking a hardline stance on this sometimes, but just how ridiculous, like, complementary or alternative medicine is. Like, oh, it annoys me to holy high heaven. <laughs> but I also need to be right about everything. <laughs> and when someone is not being right or accurate, I have to correct them. And I hate it. We do have a lot in common, don't we? Yeah. I've never thought of it because we've been, we've been so close that I've never contra... Uh. Like... We've been so close that I've only ever noticed the differences between yeah. us. Once, you, And also, for most of the time that we were together, I had very little perspective of how other people thought and felt. Yeah. And that's one thing the podcast has been really useful for and living life generally. But now, now that I like, have met other people and know other people, you and I are really similar in a lot of ways. I, I never understood <laughs> that before. Anyway, I think it was said in that previous episode that the way that they make a homeopathic medicine is they take a small amount of the active ingredient and put it into the water and dilute it, dilute it, dilute it, dilute it. That is, that is true. But the way that the active ingredient is chosen is that it operates from the idea that to treat something, you take something which causes that same effect. So if someone's got a fever, you take uh, something which in some way causes someone's temperature to rise. So it might even be like chili oil and you dilute that thing. And so, for whatever reason, the gods of homeopathy know that the active ingredient you are choosing is to is something that has the same effect, but it's going to lessen that effect. That's like a vaccination. Because that is how a vaccination works. You give except, someone a little bit of the flu, and the, uh, I'm not saying homeopathy works. Except I'm saying, for you don't give someone a flu vaccine while they are currently suffering from the flu. That's very it's true. It's a preventative. But there's also, like, every time you dilute the... Uh, you know what it is. Okay, here's... I don't know why I'm defending homeopathy, but I, I now that you've said this, I actually understand it your, for the first time. Your brain time. is coming up with a system to No, make well, it... like, I, I get why people believe it. I never have before. It's like, the Death Star is bad, <laughs> right? But if you had the plans to the Death Star, <laughs> that would help you defeat it. So while the Death Star is attacking you, if you can take a little bit of Death Star, say, the plans, that will give you what you need to defeat the Death Star. Uh, that's the no, idea. That, that, that is your explanation and understanding of the idea. I doubt that that is the explanation and understanding of Mr. Homeopathy who came up with the entire system. Dr. Anyway. Gerald Homeopath. <laughs> um, but the other thing that comes along with it is when you dilute the thing, you have to shake it. Like, there's a vigorous 
shaking element that takes place after each dilution, and that is what's meant to somehow activate the magical healing powers. Which is why in uh, Tim Minchin's beat poem Storm... Very good, check oh, it out. fantastic. The animated version is my favourite. In his beat poem Storm, he talks about, like, you know, how a tiny drop of something in the homeopathy Perfect stuff will treat your ailment even though it'll manage to forget all the poo it's had in it. The water will forget all the poo it's had in it. The reason that it's not activating the poo is because it's like, you know, part of the, the making ritual is shaking it. To, the vibrations yeah. set off yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somehow, in a sense, in the vibrations are like the rebel forces oh, delivering up, the Death Lisa. Star plan. No, you it's can't not. just <laughs> Stop it. No. Uh, we are going to end with an outro, but instead of playing one, I thought I'd ask if you wanted to do one live. Oh, okay. I, I've done, do you know the script I've, off my heart? I've done one outro for you before. That's true. Uh, it was <laughs> interesting. Uh, <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, thank you, car outside for beeping. I'll start that again. Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, like us on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. <laughs> Gotta keep them all in. <laughs> <laughs> no! If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on Facebook or iTunes and like and comment or something. There is a Facebook group that you can join, which is being honest with my ex in some way, shape, or form, surrounded by Facebook. There is a mailing list that you can subscribe to. It hasn't been updated for a while. There's a mailing list, which is a useless, outdated form of technology that I don't know why anyone bothers with. And a Reddit, a subreddit. And uh, you can go along and listen to that. Peter is my favourite cousin. Thank you so much for coming on and being on the podcast. That's all right. It literally involved no effort from me whatsoever. (laughs) We're sitting in your house. (laughs) Yeah. I love you. And I'm I'm so grateful to you for all the things that you've done over the years. That's okay. And just for being you. I just think you're a good person who I like spending time with. The and. (laughs) The little little chainsaw blokes. Chainsaw blokes. uh, (laughs) Yep. Throwback. Hey guys, Peter from about six minutes before I upload this podcast here. Just a reminder that this is your last chance to get tickets for the live shows. We're in Melbourne. We're on the 4th and the 7th of September. And by the time the next podcast goes up, the shows will be happening. If you are interested in checking us out live on stage, go to beinghonestwithmax.com forward slash live. It's going to be a great time. Gavin will be there. He'll be in the audience. You can like hang out with him. He'll possibly come out to the pub with us afterwards. He has work in the morning. So who knows? Who knows? But SJ and I will be there, and it'll be super fun. Being honest with my ex.com slash live. We are all starting to freak out about it a little bit. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.